everyone, Jeff here from besttechie.com, and this is Techie Bytes episode 81. Today I'm speaking with Amanda Getz, the founder and CEO at House of Wise, a luxury CBD brand geared towards women. We discuss how trying cannabis for the first time in our 30s changed our lives, the challenges being faced by cannabis companies today, what it means to be a wise woman, and her upcoming move to Miami. Enjoy. I'm here with Amanda Getz, the founder and CEO at a company called House of Wise. They are helping women with sleep, sex, and stress through a luxury CBD company, which is actually a great, uh, great, great part of the cannabis plant, which I'm sure Amanda will talk a lot about. Um, but yeah, it's great to have you here, Amanda. I've been following you on Twitter for what seems like ages, even though you just informed me that you've only been on for a year and a half. So, <laughs> so I'm not sure if that just means the internet moves at light speed or, or what, but you know, <laughs> I tweet a lot. So it's probably just like, Oh, she just is tweeting again. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I run across your tweets every single day. You're always in my feed. I, and I, I love your tweets. They're great. I mean, you really drop a lot of knowledge and inspiration and, just speaking the truth about being an entrepreneur. Uh, you're also a mom um, and you're, you're building, you've, you've been involved in other businesses uh, as the CMO in a company called Teal, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. And you yep. also worked at The Knot. Yep, I headed up uh, brand and product marketing there. Amazing. So before, uh, the way I like to start each episode um, is I like to a little ask a question. Who are you and what are you building right now? So kind of give us a little flavor of that, obviously. I introduced you, but I'd love to hear it straight from your mouth. Who am I and what I'm building? Yeah. Okay, so uh, the who am I? That's just like a very general question, but I'll, I'll answer it in a maybe spicier way. But uh, I mean, I'm the type of person that has lived a lot of life and in a short amount of time. And I think that a lot of the things that I've experienced are things that people normally would call something that you should like sweep under the rug, don't talk about. Um, and I'm the type of person that thinks I should talk about these things because everyone's going through them and I shouldn't feel guilt and shame for having gone through them and neither should anyone else. And if I have to be the one that goes first to talk about them, I will because that opens up space for the people next to me and behind me to also feel comfortable. And so that's just who I am as a human. And I basically brought that into a company that gives women not only that community to to open up about those things, but also content and resources, and then the actual products, which in, in our world is cannabis products that help women feel more in control and in the driver's seat of their lives and, and removing stigma around needing help. Because I believe like we've reached this point where women have lots of options, but now that we have all these options, every option comes with a side of guilt because you're choosing something over something else. And we were, there's still generational and cultural things that we were imprinted with that I believe it's really, really important that we have an arena that says whatever you choose in life, like you should feel guilt free. Mm-hmm. That's not always the case. And so let's give you some help and, and people to support you along your journey. For sure. Oh my God. That, re- that rings so true for me. i so, I mean, I've, I've been taking medication all my life and like it, because I mean, that's what we were told growing up. Like, you know, you, you, you treat, you treat your issues with medication that kind of blocks the, it doesn't deal with the problem. It just kind of blocks the symptoms. Yeah. And, um, I've learned so much since, since I've started exploring cannabis, um, but before we get to that though, I really, I want to talk about the name because the name is interesting. I read on the website a little bit about why you named it, but I'm, I'd love to hear you tell the audience why you chose the name House of Wise um, for, for yeah, the company. I was in India right as COVID was starting. So I, like people were wearing masks on the plane. And I remember being <laughs> like, is this good? I don't know, but I'm going anyway. And uh and so I went there, I was on a work trip, but I got to go to like the Taj Mahal and it was amazing. And I remember I, I knew I wanted to build this company. Like it was just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And um, on this trip, I allowed myself to just think about the brand only. 
and, and really think about what it needed to stand for. And so I started researching just women in history that weren't taken care of. Mm -hmm. And Brownie Wise's story stuck out to me. And when I read her story, it, it resonated on a very, very personal level, but also at a macro level. So Brownie Wise is the creator of the Tupperware Party, meaning she invented this idea that women have influence and they can bring their friends and family together and sell Earl Tupper, who is the creator of the like kitchen storage thing, they can sell this and they can make money off of selling it. And that gives them more like after the war, just like an empowered feeling that they're making money on their own, they're influencing their community and they're a part of a bigger mission. Earl Tupper, uh, he, when Brownie asked to have like an executive seat and a raise, and you know more like really just like rewarding for her work mm -hmm. he ended up reali realizing that he should just fire her because the company had become so big so he fired her and sold the company a few months later for millions of dollars and she got nothing wow like literally nothing and so there's a couple of parts of this like one this happens all the time in our society that women take the the brunt, like even if it's an assistant in an office, they're like enabling the company to grow or a mom that's enabling her husband to go out and build his career. But she doesn't like when you go through a divorce, there's not a lot of protection of the woman like you are enabling somebody to go build something bigger and and then there's the piece of like treating women like the influencers that we are and whether that's five people in your neighborhood like a tupperware party or 5000 on instagram like women have influence and women are looking to other women to guide them in their purchase decisions and in the cannabis industry that is like 10x the the thing like i am only going to trust someone that I know that they've had a great experience because the cannabis industry has lack of quality control, inconsistency in product all the time. Like if you've ever had a bad trip on an edible, like, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it is not fun. No, it's if, not. No, no. It's not. and you, if you're a high functioning human, like I was an executive, I had three kids under the age of four when I started learning about cannabis. And I was like, I can't just trust anyone. Like I have to wake up the next day and go on CBS good morning and need to be on, or I have a board meeting tomorrow. Like I'm not trying to get stoned. I'm trying to function and not drink alcohol. Yes. And so, um, so yeah, anyway, long story short, it's named after Brownie Wise, the the creator of the Tupperware Party. I love that. I don't know if you saw me, but I'm here just shaking my head. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I love everything you're saying. It makes it, it's just so true. It's and I just love what you're doing with this company because we'll talk we'll talk about how you built this affiliate network in a little bit. But and I think that also kind of rings to the inspiration of Brownie Wise. Um, so we're gonna get to that. But that's that's really cool. Before we do though, let's talk a little bit about. What made you try CBD in the first place? Because I know, you know, if you look at the House of Wise website, you know, you have a whole story on there, which I mentioned, you know, prior to uh, to you that really rings true to me because I had never tried anything cannabis, uh, any cannabis, any cannabis product uh, up until I was 29 years old at all. So that's CBD or THC, you know, um, anything like that. In fact, I, I don't really drink. I mean, I'll, I'll take an occasional shot once in a while, but like. That's like once in a blue moon <laughs> and yeah. um, just, you know, just if I'm with a bunch of people, but I don't drink. Um, and it, it, for me, cannabis really changed my life. It changed the, my perspective, my outlook on things. It it opened my mind in a way that I feel it just wasn't open before. And I'm curious if you had a similar kind of experience, what your experience was um, and what made you try it. So what made me try it? Let me address that first. So I was kind of at the height of my career managing brand marketing for a brand that I loved dearly, The Knot, um, and had kind of worked my whole my whole career path to get there. And so leading a big team and had three kids under the age of four, 
Um, and I had just filed for divorce. And so I was going through a lot and, you know, you go through therapy, like I was going to therapy twice a week at, during this season of life. And I still go once a week, but I was going twice a week at that point. And that's like the processing of something, but the physiological effects of stress and anxiety are mm -hmm, real. Mm -hmm. And sometimes therapy can't help with the physiological effects, like feeling tight and tense and like grinding your teeth and all the stuff that's happening. Yep. And so I first was turning to alcohol because that was socially acceptable that in my upbringing in the Midwest, you know, drinking a beer or a wine, like that's totally acceptable, but cannabis and stoner culture and like what the media has portrayed a stoner to be like had really created a barrier for me to actually accept that. And so like you, I'm 31, had never touched cannabis, but yet turned to it really out of desperation because alcohol was not serving me. I was, my anxiety, I was having more anxiety attacks, my sleep was shit, like everything that was like negative in my life, I could directly correlate to like, did I have three glasses of wine last night? Did I have two glasses of wine last night? And now yeah. I'm wrecked the next day. And so that is really what prompted me to start cannabis. And then, you know, as I started to microdose and learn how I felt, for me, it was not necessarily about opening up my brain as much it was, I felt more in control. Mm -hmm. That all of a sudden it wasn't anxiety that was leading me in my forward emotion that I was trying to manage it took off the physiological effects of stress so I could logically deal with problems at hand. I you know, I, I totally do. And I, if I could just stop you for one second. So my, yeah. my wife, who's actually in the other room in therapy right now, she, she had a very similar situation as you, where she was drinking to kind of deal with that. And she moved over to cannabis and she doesn't drink anymore. Yep. And it completely changed her life um, for the better uh, stress, anxiety, all those things cannabis can help you with. Um, and, and, and it's, it's a learning process. I remember though, the first, the first time she had tried, uh, smoking, um, and she came home from a friend's house who had introduced it to her. And she was nervous that I, what I was going to say, cause I had never done it myself. And she was also nervous that she was thought the police were going to show up and arrest her. Yeah. <laughs> It's um, so bad. Like yeah. what? I mean, the fact that you have to be worried about that, like truly, um, like I was going through a divorce and I was like, I don't want, you know, this to, to get out that I, I'm, you know, using THC or CBD, like, but it was, I was a better mom when I was not stressed mm. or not drinking than, you know, on the flip side. And so one amazing for your wife. And I'm glad that she's like feeling better and feeling more in control. And the thing I just like would also add in response to what you just shared is that I think that everybody feels like it's an either or because you hear a lot of people that are like, I don't drink anymore. And for many people, that's like they can't imagine their life without alcohol right now. Mm -hmm. And so what my, what I always say to someone is they are not mutually exclusive, but you will find that your dependency on alcohol as part of your routine goes away and yeah. you're more intentional about when you drink and why you're drinking and you feel in control of the outcome of that experience versus this passive, I'm a zombie, I put my kids to bed, I don't even realize I'm walking to the fridge, I grab the bottle of wine, I pour it, I drink it, I pour it, I drink it and then I go to bed and now I sleep like shit. Like that effect, that routine, you break it and then now you can be like, I'm going to drink when I'm out with my girls and it's going to be intentional and I know I'm going to feel like crap a little bit the next day, but that's okay because I really am excited to have that buzz. You're, you feel more intentional about your life. Yes. Yeah. I can I, I'll back you up on that. My wife actually just, just the other day had a friend come over. Uh, and they shared a bottle of rosé, but that was like the only time she's, you yeah. know, that was, she made that decision. That was like, yeah. they planned it. And exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like I go on vacation and if I'm sitting by a pool and I'm like, I'm on vacation, I'm going to have two margaritas. Like that is intentional <laughs> and that's okay too. It's not a either or thing. Yeah. 
but I think being sober curious is totally cool. And I love that this movement is happening, but I think there has been this stigma of being sober that you had a problem before with alcohol and you feel like you're admitting that it's like, I never had a problem with alcohol. Like I could have it, not have it, whatever. But, um, but I feel better when I don't drink every night or, or Mm -hmm. like only drink once a month or whatever. So for sure, for sure. I feel like this is a great topic. We could have a whole separate conversation just surrounding this. I want to go back to your business a little bit and talk about the hardest part of uh, starting a company in the CBD market, uh, mm. being that it's an unregulated market, right? As far as I'm aware, um, what has been some of the most difficult things? Has it been sourcing the products? Has it been ensuring the consistency? Because I know you guys sell edibles, right? Little gummies. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that is definitely... Um, one of the hardest parts, but uh, I spent a lot of time interviewing hemp growers, uh, seed scientists. All of our products are actually original formulas. So that's one thing to know. We don't like just white label somebody's product and sell it. We like sleep, sex, stress all have active ingredients to help with those end functions. Uh-huh. Um, and so that, like I worked with a team of chemists. We you know, we have a head chef to make sure that the, the gummies have the right flavor profile. Um, so that was a very long process because product quality is the top. Like, yes, you can build a brand around any product, but if it doesn't one deliver and two, like something that people can trust, yeah. then it doesn't matter how great your brand is. So that was what I spent the majority of the time, but that isn't my answer Okay. because <laughs> in the CBD world, the the tech stack and underlying like enablers that you need like payment processors merchant banks um even just like technology even health insurance for example like there are these like whack-a-mole mrb clauses that come up that when you least expect it like i'm going into i can't remember if it's just works or gusto um, and one of them was like, sorry, we, we can't support an MRB. And I was like, I can't have health insurance through you. Like what? And, and it was crazy. And so these MRB clauses, which MRB for people that are listening is a marijuana related business, mm-hmm. which it's, it's comical because hemp is not marijuana, right? They're both cannabis, but they're, they're different. And so the fact that CBD falls under MRB is comical to me, but these MRB clauses, like, I'll be like, oh, okay, we need an SMS provider. Like, oh, we need, you know, text marketing. Great. No big deal. I research forever and then I contact and then one line email. Sorry, we don't support CBD businesses. And I'm like, what? That is extremely frustrating. I could imagine. Yeah. So that's, that's my answer. Like, that's the part that every single time I, I just like. So is that a legislation issue? Like, wh- like what is that? Um, how, how do you, how do we get past that? No. So it's, it's, I don't think it's a legislation issue because like some VCs, for example, don't have a vice clause, meaning they will not support an an MRB. It's a vice clause, but this vice clause usually comes if you take like a couple of onion layers out, um, where their money is coming from Mm -hmm. and like where their LPs are in some are from, you know, middle East and a very traditional, clauses like they they can't invest in a sex company for example and we have a sex product so we hit we have kind of like a double whammy where it's like cbd and sex but these vice clauses are real and they come from sometimes religious beliefs and whoever's at the top making the rules and funding the money and uh yeah so there are more and more companies becoming because legislation is, is leading the way and it's becoming federally legal um, in more states from the cannabis, from the THC side, the marijuana side, but um, recreational cannabis is becoming more legal. So it's helping make it more acceptable, but still there's a lot of these MRB clauses that you don't anticipate. For sure. For sure. That, that, uh, man, that I would be, very frustrated by that as well. So like, what, uh, how, how do you go about find? are there specific, I guess there are specific investors and businesses that do work with uh, MRBs. 
uh, that, that you just kind of have to seek them out? Yeah, you asked that question. Like, I'm just very aware upfront. I'm like, hey, I'm not trying to hide anything. We are a cannabis company. Uh, we are more than that. We are building a community of women. We are empowering women. We have a content arm. Like, we have all this stuff. But like, first and foremost, we're a cannabis company. Like, are we cool with that? Because if you don't, if you try to like finagle your way in, you're like, oh no, we're just a community company powered <laughs> by some products that happen to have CBD in it. Like, you're gonna waste your time. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, it's a lot of just like fishing for mm -hmm. the right partners yeah okay well well that that that's got to be tough as is any startup but good i wish you the best of luck with that and i hope that in the future that um i mean i i, I just got to say with the with the way the you know progressive legislation is going and the way kind of things are shifting here in the u.s hopefully that won't be as much of a problem uh going forward for your business uh, i hope not either <laughs> i really hope not because i think a lot of people i mean i think a lot of people would be better off if they tried these products. Um, it blows my mind that like I can go to Target, buy you know, CBD or a bottle of tequila, which <laughs> arguably one is going to hurt me way more than the other. Absolutely. And yet Facebook will not let me run a paid ad to my site. Wow. Yeah. Facebook. I mean, and and they control. I mean, they control so much of the market. I mean, I would imagine that would be a a huge way for you to get out there and build your business. And you're saying you can't run any Facebook ads at all. We're currently flagged because of the two clauses of MRB plus sex. Um, and then they also call us an MLM, which we're not because there's no multi-level. Right. Um, and so that, uh, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, let's talk about that next. Cause yeah. that doesn't make sense to me because you're building an affiliate network. It's not an MLM. Um, yeah. And plenty of businesses out there have affiliate networks. So, <laughs> I mean, I've, I, I, you, I partake in many of them in terms of for my business, yeah. uh, selling their products um, and taking a commission from, from the sales that I generate. And I think that's yep. a, that's an amazing model. Um, you know, should, should you, should you be able to build a community around your product that really likes to evangelize for it? Exactly. But Facebook, we are the triple threat to them apparently. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we try to run ads that are more like, oh, here's a Forbes article, here's this, but um, there's workarounds, but it, it takes an exorbitant amount of time because mm -hmm. you may, well, you may just wake up one day and your account's flagged and then you have to go through like a three week review process and you modeled out potential sales from this and now you're scrambling. And so I'm taking the opposite approach. I'm like saying that's a nice to have, not a must have. Let's build a company that can exist and grow without Facebook. And if we unlock how, you know, paid social can and will work for us, great. Yeah. But that's not the model I'm I'm like, you know, pitching to investors. I think that's really smart. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what are wise women uh, with regard to House of Wise. Yeah, so we created this notion of wise women. We actually do have a few wise men um, that... I might have to get. I might have to get involved with my wife after this. I think we're gonna yes, have to sign up. Please, I would love that. Yes. Um, so they try the product, and if they love it and it helps them, and they want to tell their friends about it, then they get a very high affiliate commission. We have like one of the highest affiliate commissions on the market, um, because I'm not giving that money to Google and Facebook, nor do I want to, and I'd rather give it to the women and men that are building this company with me, and so. Unlike an MLM, there's no upfront costs, meaning every month you don't have to like buy a set amount of product and sell it. There's no minimums or anything like that. It's truly sell what you can and there's no recruiting. So you don't have to like, there's no multi levels of percentages where like someone at the bottom's making 2% and then the person at the top's making 20%. Like that's gross mm -hmm. and, and predatory. And you're, you see this person at the top and you're like, that's where I can get to. But only if you then, re you know, recruit the same amount of people underneath, like that is all very gross to me. Mm -hmm. So we stripped out kind of all those predatory mechanics and said, what, what actually, what does a woman need right now? It's community and support and having a safe place to talk about the fact that we need help and then discretionary income. And a lot of women say like, I, I love being able to make money that like 
my partner doesn't touch or it's truly for me and I get to figure out. And the difference about House of Wise is I firmly believe like growing up, I'm a first generation college grad. Neither of my parents went to college. My dad is, you know, the town plumber. My mom helped him build that business, but she was, you know, a stay at home mom. And no one taught me about saving and investing and anything. And so I had to learn, you know, myself and, and I probably still have lots more to learn and grow in, but one of the reason our, our kind of like mission is empowering women to take control of their sleep, sex, stress, and wealth is that if you make $700 selling House of Wise this month, we do like Wise Wednesday hangouts and content around like, what is Bitcoin? Like, what is cryptocurrency? What, what you're hearing all about it. Like, what is it? Let's have a discussion. Let's create a safe spot for you to ask questions that you think are dumb, but they're not and everyone's has them in their head. And we're gonna create a, a, a hype crew that's like, I didn't know if it was a real coin either, like whatever. <laughs> and and like totally fine to ask that question. Um, and like NFTs now, it's like, what the heck is an NFT? Right, like, this space is moving so fast. It's, 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 if it's not, you know, if you don't, if you're not aware what's going on, it's just moving so fast that like you can't really, I can't even keep up at half the time. Uh, no. So it, it, it's nothing to feel ashamed of if you're not familiar. And I think what you're doing with creating that space is so is so great. Um, and so really, really uh, empowering, honestly, to be able yeah. to ask those questions. That's great. So how many uh, I don't know if you share this information, but I, I would be curious how many how many people are in the affiliate program right now? How's it going um, with that? Yeah, so we launched with 300 wise women and it's growing, you know, month nice. over month and uh yeah we're we're trying to build that up so if you know of anybody that should be a wise woman and wants to be a part of this community let's send them my way because that like i said that's the only way we grow this company because For facebook's sure. not gonna let us <laughs> no yeah i love it and i i mean i've been looking i've been honestly i've been keeping track like i said of your of your company and checking out the website every so often seeing what products you've been offering and just reading about your journey and it's clear to me after even speaking today how important the affiliate market is to you. And like my wife and I just recently launched a new site together called Literally Ev. And I think, you know, partnering on that and becoming a wise couple. Um, I love it. You'd be our first <laughs> wise couple. <laughs> I think, yeah, that would be amazing. I think that would be a great idea. We'd love to test out the products and, and promote them because we are huge, huge cannabis uh, fans. And I think that that would be really cool. Love it. So obviously the affiliate market is important to you um, and you're, and you're building it up. Like what are, like you talked about um, how you have those, those groups where people can come and ask questions about the recent, uh, about recent technology changes and things like that. But I also know uh, from having, having uh, read your website that you uh, offer content marketing courses and things and things uh, that can help people create content around um, the wise, the wise brand of products. Talk, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so we have a Slack channel that everybody's in talking, sharing. We have different, you know, channels for sex and sleep and stress. And, you know, we have an FML channel. We have a hype crew channel, like you name it. We've kind of got it to support all dimensions of a woman. Um, but one important piece is like, I'm a marketer. I have been for 15 years. And marketing is one of those skills that no matter what area of life you're in, like influencing without authority, um, like speaking to someone in their lens and, and, and like communicating value props that is through somebody else's like mindset and consumer psychology. All these things are tools that can be used in daily life, mm -hmm. but are also applicable as you're like marketing on social or trying to, you know, communicate to someone the values of House of Wise. So we kind of package those up and we have different trainings and we build, you know, whether it's through a Wise Wednesday hangout, like a Zoom course or just content, or we're just sharing what's working, what's not working, like all these new channels. I mean, TikTok feels old at this point, but like, let's face it, it's like two years old, if that. Mm -hmm. And and so people are like, okay, I think I'm ready to get on TikTok. Like, what do I do? And we have people who are marketers in the wise woman community 
that are like, okay, here's what you do. Here's how to record it. Like they'll give like a screen grab of like, here's exactly what Love to that. post so you can like, like it's truly giving you tools to navigate like things that you just want to have in your back pocket as just a human functioning today. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I mean, I'm as someone who's building community down here in, in, in Florida, the entrepreneur community, I, we, we're all about sharing resources and helping each other grow. And honestly, that's, that's the way to do it. That's the way you build a community. I wrote an article about this the other day, literally like two days ago for part of our 10 by 10 writing challenge that we're hosting right now with the Florida entrepreneurs club. Uh, on Clubhouse, and we've gotten like twenty plus people signed up for it in a matter of like two or three days, and that's awesome. We're all writing content. We're all going to aggregate it together and put a post together. It's really, it's really great. But I, one of the articles I wrote was the secret sauce to building communities, and I think one of the keys is to just show up and provide the value. Like, you know, like if there's if there's a space and that you see being underserved or a void, just show up. The fact that you're showing up to uh, shows to other people that you care that you want to help. And I think that really resonates and that's how you can kind of start building community. Um, but yeah, that's, that's amazing. I'm really, I'm really glad to hear that you're doing all that. I think, you know, providing the tools and the resource, like I said, is, is hugely beneficial because not everyone is, you know, not everyone knows they want to partake, but maybe they just don't have the, the knowledge to do it. And if you can provide that to them, you can empower them to be part of the community. So Exactly. That's great. So uh, let, let's let's shift gears back to CBD a little bit and cannabis. H how is it? I mean, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but I'm curious, um, in your opinion, based on your 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 experience so far with uh, with cannabis, what would you say some of the best use cases for it are? Um, and uh, I guess that's the question. I know we talked about this a little earlier, but I'm curious if there are any others that you have in mind. I mean, I was very intentional about starting with sleep, sex and stress. And because I believe as a woman, those three foundational things all affect one another. Like without a, a good night's sleep, you're going to not function at your highest the next day. Anxiety is going to hit you more. Um, and then if you don't calm your brain during the day, you're not going to probably get a good night's sleep that night. And then sex, like I think sex feels utilitarian to many people meaning, okay, this is a thing that I do with my partner, whatever. But what, what I'm trying to educate women on is like the, the functional benefits of an orgasm with or without a partner releases oxytocin, which allows you to get a better night's sleep, which allows you to stress less the next day. Um, and so it's all connected. All, <laughs> yeah. They're all interconnected and they're all really, really important to put at the top of your list to say, Am I getting a good night's sleep? Am I in control of my anxiety and stress throughout the day? And do I have a personal intimacy routine with or without a partner? Like having an orgasm is healthy and, right. and we should destigmatize that because many women feel like, oh my gosh, this is just for when I have a person. Like that's not the case. And, and so we kind of like build content around all three of those things. But for me, that, that was intentional. And so that's an easy answer for me because I believe that those three things are so vital to a woman I love and cannabis that. helps with all three of them. I mean, I, I'd, I'd, I'd go as far to say they're important for a man too. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're important for everybody. Um, yeah. I really love how you kind of distilled it down into those three, you know, categories and you've built products around them. And because they are so interconnected, it makes sense that you would, you know, use all, all three, you know, it's not like, it's not like, you know, it's, it's it just, it's just really cool. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, I, I do, I do wonder though. So, um, you know, you right now, the products are all CBD based. I'm curious if you have any plans to expand into THC based products or, uh, or any other type of cannabis product. It's a great question considering like I do microdose THC and I, I, I have great benefits from that as well. However, when I look at the market, it's like California is like eight years ahead of everyone else. And so that's like remove California for a, a second. I'm still getting questions from everyday women across the US being like, can I take this in front of my kids? Like, should mm, I sit down when I take it? Mm -hmm. 
there is still so much misinformation and lack of education and still a huge stigma that I'm solely focused on creating the best quality functional CBD products, meaning there is a functional outcome to each of them, getting women to feel better and trust us. And then product expansion will come based on market demand and consumer insights. I'm probably years away from that because Mm -hmm. one, the market, that's not my market and value prop right now. And two, like the amount of distractive licensing and legislation, supply chain, like considerations, if you move into THC are drastically different, like state by state, some states it's a vertical integration mandate, meaning you have to go seed table, right? Like you have to own the full vertical supply chain. Some states are not. Some states you get a license, you can, you know, create the product, you can then, you know, go to a dispensary, whatever. So everything's different. And I I believe in focus in in my life in general. Like I I don't take on more than I can chew and I know what I can handle. And so I think in order to build this brand in the right way, I have to focus. For sure. For sure. I I love that analysis. Um I've I've I've, you know, found uh, there have been times where I spread myself too thin and then I realize I have to, you know, cut back and be like, wait a second, I need to focus on what's really important to me and what I'm really striving to achieve. Uh, and to do that, I need to do a little bit less because there has to be time, you know, for you to recharge too. Right. So, exactly. yeah. So I, I love that. Um, and I think that's great that you, that you've recognized that as well. I feel like, I feel like, you know, we talk, we talk, you know, we're, uh, you said you mentioned you had tried us uh, cannabis when you were 31. Uh, me when I was 29, I feel like 30 is like the new, like coming of age, like renaissance 100%. period, I feel like for many people. It's 100%. <laughs> like if I could get my daughters to know that their 20s are going to be for experimentation and identity development, not yeah. like you're not going to have every answer. Like I got married when I was 19. And so there are like, I mean, that is like a cultural thing from where I'm from, Mm -hmm. but it's no wonder that at 30, I was like, wait a second, this isn't (laughs) the life that I totally want right now as a 30 year old. And, and yeah, I think that relieving the pressure of being and I mean, it comes with biological stuff too. Like women feel like they have this, this ticking clock inside their head. And this is why I can go on a total tangent about why it's important to cover uh, like egg freezing and all of these things. So women can take that pressure off and focus on who they want to be first mm-hmm. versus what they feel feel like they need to do because their future self might want that thing um, is really, really difficult. And I think we're constantly looping on that. And so your twenties feel like this race to a life checklist of like mm-hmm. find a person, have the kids, make sure my career is in order. And it's so stressful. And I think anyone that's like listening, like I am 35, I am just now starting a company. Like I'm just now starting over in relationships and I feel great. Like I feel so in control and empowered because I care less what other people think at this stage. Yes. Your twenties, you're just like <laughs> trying to live for everyone else. And then you hit thirty, and you're like, I don't care what people think. Like this is my life. Yes. And I, I've heard from forty year olds that it only gets better. So I'm uh, like, I, I, I have the, I have the strangest feeling that that's true. Um, I totally can buy into that. I feel. It's really true that as you get older, you get you get more wise. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? Yes, and right. that's why another reason why I love your the, the name of your company, uh, House of Wise, because uh, it makes me feel like I'm you know smart for for recognizing the value in it. <laughs> I love it. So la- so last question before we get to the lightning round, um, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Um, so rumor has it. Uh, and I've confirmed it just uh, before we started the podcast that you are planning to move to Miami. Uh, what are you most excited about and what made you want to move here? I am. I am moving to Miami. I'm going to be a Floridian. Uh, so what am I most excited about? What made me move? Okay. I'm most excited about 
like being outside and there is when there is sunshine yes you feel this pull oh my to God. go outside <laughs> you do it's a magnet like you can't just sit at your computer all day you can't it's like not acceptable and so you like getting outside when i was there for 10 days recently to like look at neighborhoods I took a walk like three times a day, every single day. Even yeah. if it was just like a 20 minute walk, I was like, I gotta go outside. It's so nice out. I'm just gonna go for a Love walk. Love that. Oh my God, so yes. That's number one. Um, why did I choose Miami? So I've I'm been in New York City for the last, I mean, over a decade. I had all three of my kids there. I was a New Yorker for life. Then COVID Same. hit. Honestly, yeah. yeah. And then COVID <laughs> hit and all of a sudden we are, confined to small apartments and everything about New York City, the reason you spend that money to live in New York City is because of the energy of the people, the city and everything it has to offer. The restaurants, the culture, the museums, the shows, like you name it, none of that existed. Mm -hmm. And so now all of a sudden the things that rose to the priority list are, you know, space and, um, outdoor time and warm weather. And so I made it to Charlotte and then we were like, okay, we don't know how long it's going to take for everyone to go back to New York. And we want to have another, at least another year to assess. And we kind of are heading in. And when I say we, we have a very modern family. I'm so fortunate that I co-parent with an amazing human and we make these decisions together. And we are like, this could be for forever. This could be a long-term decision, but like, let's go down and just see how we feel and go from there. I love that. All right, I'm gonna show you something. I just lifted my wrist up. <laughs> I just took my watch off. I was at the beach yesterday for most of the it. day. I did some clubhousing from the beach too. Love it. Um, and, oh my God, the beach, first of all, I, was ne I never appreciated the beach, even growing up in New York and having access to go to the beach. And I went every summer with my family, but I never appreciated it until recently. And I think like, uh, just life changing. I have to go back to the beach more often. Um, I have a hot take though. Like as yeah. a Midwestern girl who's lived in New York, like I have a love hate relationship with the beach. Cause I hate sand. I hated sand too. Up until yesterday. <laughs> and like, uh, like three hours later, I like crunch a piece of sand and I'm like, Oh, that was disgusting <laughs> and like gave me goosebumps. And so I'm going to have to get over that, but that that's my hot take. Yeah, no, that's a fair take. And honestly, up until yesterday, that was my take. Um, I went yesterday, gave my wife has been going since we moved down here. And I was like, I, I don't like the beach. I'm not going. And she, after we a clubhouse friend came down and after just listening to her talk, my wife talk about the beach for so long, I was like, all right. I'll give it a shot. And I'm glad I did open up my mind to it. And the sand wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Um, I didn't get wet yesterday, which is when I really hate the sand. Yep. But I'm going to try it next time. Um, and But the Maybe water was beautiful, really blue. Uh, and just looking, just taking time to soak it all up and just sit in the beach and just kind of look around and be like, wow, you know, nature yeah. is incredible. Um that's I mean I bought bikes since I moved down here we we go on bike rides you know it's the 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 change of pace from New York is definitely real real but it's it's welcome honestly I I can go swimming whenever I was going swimming I go swimming now I can go swimming in February I can go swimming in December <laughs> yeah oh gosh I can't wait I'm so, so excited it's amazing so I'm really excited to have you down here you definitely need to uh, check out some of the stuff we're doing at the Florida Entrepreneur Club, which is something I co-founded um, with my co-founder, Nick Manaki, who is the chairman of the of the 1909 in West Palm Beach and also building a startup down here called Bundle IQ. Um, oh, cool. would love to connect you with him as well as, you know, get you in, involved in the club on Clubhouse. I've seen you on Clubhouse. You always have great things to say. So cool. would love to have you there. Yeah, that all sounds great. All right. Amazing. So, yeah, we'll make we'll welcome you to the community. One thing I've noticed is, is uh, people down here are so welcoming. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. I went there, like I said, for 10 days and there were organized dinners for me so that I could meet everyone. Amazing. 
people here are so great. And I was just like, this is so nice. I was like, guys, I'm really not that cool. And I feel like a lot of pressure to be way cooler than I am. Like, I oh am my God. God, I'm a mom and like, I don't drink that often. Like, I swear I'm not going to be that fun. But like, no, they were so welcoming and everybody is excited to build yes. together. It feels like what, honestly, what New York City felt like to me in 2012. That is what there. I've been telling people, literally. I mean, yeah. I, exactly, exactly. Has that same energy. It's incredible down here. I, I mean, yeah. that that that's that's Amanda in my pitch for moving down to Florida. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for listening. Miami is like the new affiliate program. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so you made it through our conversation, which has been amazing. Uh, it's now time for the lightning round. So whenever you're ready, let me know. We'll get started. I'm nervous, but okay. All right, Let's here we go. It. That's my little sound effect. Love it. Um, all right, so first question. What would you do if you were invisible for a day? Oh, gosh. Honestly, I would go watch my kids in, in school and how they interact with other people because they're sometimes horrible for me because I'm their mom, but uh -huh. I think that they're better with other people. <laughs> I think that they're pretty great kids, and I'd love to see how they talk and act around other adults. That's such a mom wholesome answer. I really love it, <laughs> and I I would hope that that they live up to the expect they like the thoughts that you have of of them. <laughs> right, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. All right. Next question: If you could travel, if you could time travel, where would you go? Hmm. If I could time travel, where would I go? Uh, I mean, I want to say like the roaring 20s and prohibition and like speakeasies because I just, it, it feels like what I'm doing today. It's like yes, doing something I get that vibe. Illegal in some states. Like, um, and I just love that everybody was like, I, I love when people are like, this is a bullshit rule and I'm not going to adhere to it. I, I love that in all different aspects. Um, and then, uh, I mean, uh, going to the future, I would mm. love to just, the speed of technology right now blows my mind. And I, I would love to just like glimpse into the future and be like, are we going to be like, social media is horrible for you. And like, this is like, how are people going to like focus on mental health? We're all going to be like sitting in trees and like... <laughs> on the beach for eight hours a day and work will be like one hour that honestly it should be that way I, if right? it could if it could be that way it should be that way it sh and uh it, at this rate there's no reason to say why why, why it can't be yeah. uh <laughs> next question texting or talking <sighs> i have a few people that i call multiple times a day and i love talking to them they're like my codependent besties but, um, I mean, if you look at my phone, I have so many unresponded to texts that it's embarrassing, <laughs> like 333. Oh my gosh. She's not kidding. <laughs> no, so, uh, texting I'm horrible at. Um, but yeah, so I think talking, I prefer, I'd rather just call somebody and I, I'm like doing laundry and have a great catch up than trying to text with them all day. Fair enough. All right, next one. Would you ever go skydiving or have you? I've never, but I would. Um, I need so I need someone else to push me out of the plane. <laughs> uh, but I would I want to do it. I think I need to wait until I don't have young kids because if something were to happen to me, yeah. I need to make sure they're okay. Um, so I think when I turn 50, I will have my youngest will be 18. He will be an adult. So on my fiftieth birthday, that's, I'll probably that's the plan. plan. That's amazing. Yeah, that's I, the plan. I, I, uh, I want to see that for you. I do. You heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. All right, last one. How much time do you spend on social media per day? Oh Lord, I could probably look. Um, so I do time block my calendar. And fun fact, like I literally only tweet. Even tweet threads are not like pre thought through. Um, and I do it when I'm either like walking to the bathroom. <laughs> so you tweet like, in real time. I, I tweet in real time and it's always passive. Like 
now that I have like more of a creator mentality versus a consumer, I, I don't mindlessly scroll as much because I'm thinking about what kind of content I want to put out there. Mm -hmm. And so it's usually happening in between meetings when I can't achieve anything else. I have five minutes from one to the other. Um, and then I only allow myself a TikTok bath, meaning I do this commute bath from you know, 4.45 to 5.15 when my kids, when we're doing that transition, when I normally would commute from work, mm -hmm. I take a bath and I get to mindlessly watch TikTok. And then I try not to do any social media before I go to bed. What's your uh, follow-up to that? So do you have favorite TikTok influencers uh, or people you watch? Yes. I like Drew Coyle is like my Instagram crush. Like if I could <laughs> meet him one day, great. <laughs> Um, he just makes me happy. He like just dances and uses a Rubik's cube. Um, and then there are just so many TikTokers that just spit truth about like relationships yeah. and life. And they're doing it in a way that's just like fun. And you feel like you have like support systems. Um, I mean, that's my for you page. It's a lot of dancing and a lot of like life lessons. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that. I don't I I don't I don't use TikTok that much, but I've been spending a lot of time on Clubhouse and in the early days when I got on the app, I, I had racked up thirty three hours one week. Ooh, <laughs> which is a I lot. Mean, the, the the early Clubhouse spiral is real. It I is. I was part of the April twenty twenty club, which is when oh, wow. COVID started and um that was when like you would, there were no names on the clubhouse rooms, meaning like you, there was no title. You just walked into a room. You had no clue what anybody was talking about. You'd be like, Hey guys, what's going on in here? And it was like four people. There's no one in the crowd and maybe like two people are listening and that felt kind of creepy, but you were like, who cares? And you just made friends. Like I have so many clubhouse friends from like the yes. early days. Oh my God. So I had a slightly different, I got in mid January, January 15th. But um, it was it was bigger then, uh, but it was still very close. Where like all you know, you join a room and you just make so many friends. Um, yeah. And it's been it's been quite the journey. I'm I'm really, I think I mean we could talk about this, but uh, you know I don't I don't know I don't want to take up too much of your time because I, I know you're busy. Um, but there's just so much we can talk about, and I'll have to have you come back, um, for sure to do the to do a talk. We can. There's just lots to talk about. But anyway, Amanda, it was really great to have you on. If anyone who's interested, uh getting in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? I mean, Twitter and Instagram, my DMs are open. Uh, and I try to get, I batch them. Like I try to do it like once a week and respond to people. So if uh, people want to reach out or, you know, my email's out there. So if anybody wants to chat. Uh, and your Twitter and Instagram handles are just your name, right? Amanda M. Gets on Twitter and then Gets A.M. on Instagram. So that's not very easy, but if you, I think if you I'll link to them for sure. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> well, Amanda, it's been a pleasure having you on. I look forward to keeping in touch and, uh, I'll definitely follow up about the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the house of wise membership for, uh, for me yes. and my wife, we could be their first wise couple. I love it. And I can't wait to get down to Florida and hang for sure. For sure. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks for listening to Techie Bites. Stay tuned for more episodes every Tuesday with awesome interviews and conversations about technology and business. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting our podcast at anchor.fm slash best techie and or by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Both ways help us greatly and are much appreciated. So thank you. Until next time, we'll see you. And remember, remember, take care of your computers.